You all right? Yo, and welcome to episode uh, seven. Number, number seven, isn't it? Seven, innit, man? Of the, shit's, uh, shit's taken off. <laughs> of the Punch Drunk Boxing <laughs> Podcast with uh, myself, Garrett Mochler, and my good friend, Richard Mills. You're not going to do a Knackers accent for the whole show, <laughs> are you, Richard? So, in light of... Uh, the big news. Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury. We'll come to that uh, a bit later on the show. But um, for any kind of new listeners, two big, massive boxing fans who uh, love boxing and love talking yeah. absolute nonsense. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Just crack on with that. We'll uh, just crack it on. I'm going to quickly mention uh, this week's sponsors. They're back. They've been <laughs> away for a while. It's San Miguel Lager. About time, frankly. Fueling uh, the, the podcast. Which are... Uh, I haven't been our sponsors for the last like six shows. You still haven't sent us anything. Not a single fucking I mean, thing. I mean, it might well be a case that they just don't even know about us. Well, which is probably the most likely. Box you would have thought somebody would have passed on the the, the news, isn't it? You would for some of you listeners out there, a bit more uh, homework on your side. Go out and find some executive from San Miguel. Yeah, and just tell them to uh, give some booze. And anybody else out there who just can't be bothered, just start drinking, having a couple. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all right. And, uh, anyway, for uh, what I want to do. Uh, for the first part of the show, I was uh, looking through some... We were talking about a couple of weeks ago. It's about uh, nicknames of boxers. Oh. And um, anyway, I was uh, go online, and then let me just read out... I kept these as a surprise. Okay. And uh, so I picked out six of my favourites. And uh, for anyone who... I was thinking we should start, or we should have started in a, a, a top like, top five or top ten list. Oh, this and one. get people to write in. <laughs> if anyone has right. ever come up with a better one than... Juan Lascano. So he's uh, some underrated fighter who uh, oh. occasionally challenged for like a world championship. And uh, Juan, the Hispanic causing panic. A panic, I've heard him. Brilliant. The Hispanic causing a panic. I, uh, oh, I just absolutely love that, that one. That is a good one. Uh, Vin, uh, Vinny Pazienza, the oh. Pasmanian devil. Oh, no, that's another one. Look, man, look, shit, watch this. I made a little list myself here. Um, and I've got another one. Now, for any of you listeners, give you a little bit of an insight. We've got a segment called Didn't Used to Be a Boxer where we look back over the career of a, a great legend of a sport. Now, this week, Garrett's picked out the Nicaraguan machine, <laughs> Ricardo Mayorga, and he was... Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard it myself, but he mentioned he was going to do it, and it, yep. it reminded of a brilliant quote I saw the other day, which involved him, which was another nickname somebody had. It was Andrew Sixheads Lewis, right? <laughs> and I read something that goes, he, he won the vacant WBA World to World title in 2001 and defended it once before having all six of those heads knocked off by <laughs> Ricardo Mayorga in 2002. Brilliant quote. Anyway. Love that guy. How about uh, Alexis Arguello, the explosive thin man? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Lovely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out one of my favourites, which is a oh, Samuel, the Nigerian nightmare, Peter. All right, I'll, I'll see that and I'll raise you, John, the quiet man, Ruiz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was... I'm never a big fan of him. What about O'Neill Givermel Bell? <laughs> <laughs> and, and a personal favourite of mine, David the Tourminator Tour. <laughs> anyway, that's right. fantastic shit <laughs> Oh, no. Anyway, I was going to mention uh, Andrew Sixes Lewis only because uh, for the uh, Ricardo Moraga thing. So we'll come on to that later on. I was going to say for um, some of the boxing news. So we'll do the boxing news first and then go into like, right. reviews and stuff. Yeah. But um, do you know Antonio Margarito is retired? You retired back in June. Yeah, I knew he'd been pretty quiet for the past couple of years. <laughs> he announced but, his official retirement uh, on his website, where he refers to himself as the People's Champion. If I think we're, we're kind of spoiling a lot of this didn't used to be a boxer, because I heard a, a rumour, which I'm guessing you're going to get into, yeah. which was, they might, they might be, uh, what was the name they dubbed it? When Possibly. Villains Collide. <laughs> when Villains Collide. Right, just to clear that up, there's a supposed or rumoured match of Mayorga's comeback against Antonio Mayorga. 
and it's going to be dubbed. Oh, Tino Margarito. Yeah, sorry, sorry, uh, Margarito. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll get into uh, two of our favourite. Absolutely, we'll get to Mallorca uh, later on the show. But um, yeah. anyway, I just want to crack on with a bit of proper news. Yeah, I'm going to start off with our um, travelling big hitting friend Tyson Fury I read that he was defending his 80 well hang on we'll just clear up just for the record it it sounds like the, the news is that Price um, not Price David Hay yep. and Tyson Fury the fight has been confirmed they've yep. signed it's going to be on 28th of September so a couple of months time uh, so <coughs> potentially about 5 million quid each which um I mean, it depends how you look at it. It's a lot of money, considering neither one's a champion. <laughs> <laughs> they both now to talk themselves into a big uh, fight. So last week we were talking about this, and uh, the news was Tyson Fury wanted an 80-20%. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, he's seen censor. Someone's talked him into it. Well, maybe they just called him a pussy. And did did you ever hear his... Because I, I thought, you know what? Maybe that's David Hay talking shit. But I found an interview with Pro, uh, Fury totally admitting it, and he said he defended his proposed 80-20 split. And he said, uh, basically, David is a has-been. Um, I'm, I'm what's in fashion, and uh, all he deserves is an 80-20 split. But I am willing to negotiate. <laughs> there is room for manoeuvre. And then, uh, straight after that, he uh, followed it up with, um, oh, and just for the record, um, I would have uh, smashed Lennox Lewis in his prime and out-hearted him. <laughs> so that was a nice, uh, slightly unnecessary... I'll get on to that bit later, but he just started attacking Lennox Lewis. Oh, apparently Lennox sort of slagged him off in the press. That was why. Yeah, but I think it's mainly because he was... He, there's a quote later on which I'll get to uh, about David. After David Price lost, Yeah. Uh, he said... Uh, I can't remember what it was. I'll have to get to my notes. But it's something like uh, Lennox Lewis couldn't train a... a, a Okay, something a pudding, a sponge pudding, or something like that. Lennox <laughs> <laughs> Lewis couldn't train his sponge pudding. Yeah, Hell something like that. From the uh, modern from, day, from the. I was gonna say, I was gonna say modern day tinker, but I don't know if that's all. Knacker? No, that's Knack. not fair. No, he's he's a travelling man. Travelling man, hitting, charismatic, uh, loud mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else was in the news? I saw that uh, Sergio Martinez. So can after, I, sorry, can I just? I'm not done with Tyson <laughs> I got a couple of other funny quotes here while because I watched a couple of interviews laying, with him, laying it in. He was I noticed him. I think it was on Sky Sports or something. He was asked, um, "Are you still happy with the way the Steve Cunningham fight went?" And this is a quote that he said. Yeah. I'm 200 million percent happy with how that fight went. <laughs> it couldn't have gone any better. Right now, I mean, he's either a genius or actually a bit mental. <laughs> because, I mean, I don't know how you can look at that and say 200 million percent happy on that. sparked out by what is meant to be a cruiserweight and things, but he's just getting a bit carried away. You know, I used to, I'm going back about a year, I was yeah. thinking he's got a funny tongue-in-cheek way of building up mm-hmm. fights, all right? But he's just, he's he's taken it to another level, he's which the, might well be Would you say genius. he's gone to the Chris Eubank level? Oh, he's gone past that. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, I think he's he's adopted that that position. He's got, hang on, how much money did the likes of Prince and Eubank make over just being yeah. arrogant and being hated? And he's, you know, he thinks, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to... Make out like I think I am the best boxer. It will wind everybody up. They're all going to want to see me get knocked out. I don't think he believes half of what he says. Man, let's, oh, let's I hope don't not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Prince Nazim believed ninety nine percent. Oh, Prince did, but I don't think I don't think uh, Tyson Fury does. But uh, anyway, so uh, what else came up? So uh, Sergio Martinez. So this is after Kennedy Golovkin fought uh, Matt Macklin and um, knocked him out in a couple of rounds. We're going to preview this a bit later on the show. But yeah. Anyway. 
Lou Bella, Sergio Martinez's manager, came out afterwards and said, someone asked him, what would be like facing Golovkin? Are you going to take that as your next <coughs> match? His answer, that fight makes no sense. Yeah. Does that fight make no sense? I would have thought the number well, one contender versus the champion in the middleweight division. Yeah, I don't think it makes much sense to him. <laughs> God, I'm right. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get on to that because um, I think I do... I've got something about what um, basically yeah. Sergio Martinez's people were saying that like... Um, I think I read them saying something like, uh, we really want that fight, but just not right now. How and I was long? kind of thinking, the longer you wait to take on somebody as explosive and powerful as that. I looked at him after the Murray match, and mm. uh, Warren go back over old ground, but he did not look good to me. Martinez didn't he look looked, good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's coming off the, surgery um, and things. But I heard that the on Twitter, just as I was coming down here, that uh, Golovkin might be, there's rumours that uh, in November time, going to be fighting uh, Martin Murray. That as he's like the next challenger, if he can't cut Martinez, which for me that'd be yeah, yeah, I'd love to see. Great, I'd like to see Martin Murray's. Uh, What came up uh, else? There was a former IBF, WBA, England's favorite or Britain's favorite, I suppose, like uh, welterweight champion Amir Khan, said um, if he wins his fight during December against uh, Devon Alexander, apparently he's going to be Mayweather. Yeah, apparently he said yeah, which I don't know how you guarantee him from boxing. But I know. Listen, I know a lot of people think Amir Khan is dog shit, doesn't have a chin, blah blah blah, all that. I've I've got a lot of faith in the boy. He just loves a ruck, doesn't he? I mean, we've gone over this. The boy just loves getting... <laughs> if he can... I don't know if he can get out of it. He clearly... I don't think he does have a glass chin. I think... He, he, does do, have, he doesn't he, have a great chin, right? <laughs> but you look like with Madonna, as we were talking about, yeah. one of the best knockout records in the whole of boxing across mm-hmm. all divisions... Amir Khan stood up, went the full distance of him, won yeah. the fight, took I mean, some came, brutal shots. Came he pretty close to losing. Yeah, but he fucking got up and he... he didn't, I he? think if he can be... If he can get that reckless, if he can stay disciplined, mm-hmm. and it's a lot to yeah. ask, but I genuinely think, out of all the boxers out there, he's got a dimension that that can cause Mayweather problems. Real Don't speed. get me wrong. Yeah, genuine real speed. Now, Mayweather's still obviously going to be the favourite. Yeah. I think it's a massive ask for Khan. But depending on how he goes, if he depends on his performances mm. like over Devin Alexander, that would be a great fight. That would yeah, be a great absolutely. test. That fight could have happened a good couple of years ago that would have been brilliant as well mm-hmm. after the Madonna one. Yeah. Um, but I genuinely think, I again, I would be, I'd be really pleased to see Mayweather take that on as another fight after the Alvarez because yeah. he's genuinely fighting fighters who have... Aspects, yeah. yeah, yeah, that have things that are gonna that are gonna test him, and I think if there's one thing he's been a little guilty of doing over years, you know, it is maybe taking maybe safe fights. Yeah, that's fluid. I mean, still performing amazingly, highly skilled, mm-hmm. best in the business, I think. I'll ask you but, this one: uh, yeah. danger on the uh, next one. So, Carl Frotch, we were talking about him last week. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, after he slagged off uh, George Groves on, I think it was the Steve Bond's podcast, yeah. and. Um, but anyway. he's been he's been ordered by the IBF. I don't think he wants to fight George Groves, but he's been ordered. You have to defend. Yeah, your I don't think he wants George to fight Groves. him just for the reason that he thinks it's going to be like a fairly easy fight and a win. No, I think and he... it's possibly not the biggest payday. I think it'll be a massive payday because George Groves does have that. He's got charm just, and yeah. he's got that bit of swagger about him, which he'll absolutely trash talk his I way into. I think so, but I do think from from Carl Froch's point of view, you're talking about the boy. He's he's fixated about his legacy. He's always talking about I'm the <clears> best. Start saying he's better than Eubank and Ben and yeah. Collins and and even Kawasaki. And he's got this idea of a legacy. He's a lot older now. He's <laughs> he's fought a lot of very top top fights. Mm-hmm. And from his point of view, I think he's maybe got his eyes set on. 
no disrespect to George Groves, but to uh, to Ward, he wants to he wants to get that event, which I'm not sure he can. <laughs> I think it's too much of an ninety percent sure but he can. I, I I would love to see <clears throat> Carl Froch fight uh, George Groves. I think it'll be a great British fight, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be it'll, it'll, be, cool. it'll be a great test for George Groves because I think unfortunately for him, he hasn't managed to get a big name. Scout yeah. or a top name fight, which he's not getting into. He's not into. Oh yeah, and he's been performing brilliantly. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd great. And even if he loses, it's not going to not going to do him any harm. Yeah. Uh, what else is coming up? So uh, Vladimir Klitschko <coughs> found out that he's uh, oh yeah coming up. Alexander Povetkin. Yeah. So it was a uh, twenty six and zero record. So uh, <sighs> Vladimir putting all his uh, <laughs> all his belt on the line. He's got like seven of them. Yeah. And uh, anyway, that fight's up in uh, October the fifth. Uh, fighting in Russia. So. Vladimir is just too good. He'll go straight through him. The other one, um, what do you think about this? Uh, Nonito Donaire is coming up. He's going to be fighting uh, fighting Victor Archinian. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wicked. I think Inns. he'll. I think he'll beat. I think Darchinian's too old. We yeah. we love Darchinian. He's a proper real warrior. Yeah. He's a yeah. But, uh, small but big. I mean, that was the uh, news, <coughs> right? Well, well I got a few oh, others. Why just do this every time? Fucking hell. Right, I want to talk about Audley Harrison. <laughs> no, I wish. I don't have anything to do with Audley Harrison, unfortunately. Um, Go on. No, um, uh, what else have I got here? Um, oh, yeah, Madonna was involved in a car accident recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, nothing too serious, although, um, yeah, and he's resting up. And um, I was also thinking that he's probably the kind of person who could be involved in a really serious car accident and just get out. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just walk out of it. But also, they're talking about um, that he should be the mandatory challenger for Adrian Broner's first title defence. And it's, oh. it's safe to say that if that fight does go ahead, I'm going to be getting me out my Argentinian flag <laughs> and I'm going to be I'm going to be supporting that They'd man. to win. Again, we yeah. were talking about our brother last week and he is a complete douchebag. Yeah, he is. And uh, hang on, where have I got down here? I did see... Uh, while we're on uh, Adrian Broner, um, that'd be real. I should say that'd be real tough ask for uh, Maidana. I'm not sure he's. You think the, he's not the? I don't think Broner is really the type of fighter he's best suited to. He needs somebody who's going to come forward and not stand there and counter punch. No, I think Maidana's done a good job because I look and I think I just don't. From what I saw of Adrian Broner, I don't think he's the. He's not like Mayweather. He thinks he likes to model himself on him. And sculpt everything, mm-hmm. but I think he's a long, long way off. And Maidana, I don't think Broner's going to want to take that fight. Oh, I think he would. I no, think I don't. I think Maidana would just come through. He knows how to close off, cut off a ring. He go, he goes to the body. Every, he'd cause Broner. I'm not saying he'd definitely win or anything, but mm. I'd, I think I'd, I'd fancy Maidana. He's a very Broner loves money, and that would be a big payday. Yeah, so, uh... and right, going on to Broner, I watched, stroke, listened to um, his new rap video, and it's called, <laughs> it's called Versace Freestyle. Go on the internet, type it in, it's got a video. Let's just say it. it's not the worst hip-hop song video that I've ever seen a boxer produce, because <clears throat> that one's definitely going to... Um, the legend Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> Y'all must have forgot. <laughs> Which might be one of the worst songs I've maybe it's certainly a very comical video not with the not up there oh. to the centre of Illmatic is what we're suggesting oh it's I mean but anyway Adrian's effort isn't exactly special let's just say <laughs> the Wu-Tang aren't going to get dethroned anytime soon um, but it also made me think throw this out to listeners can you think of like what is the worst or some of the 
most comically bad recorded release singles that you've ever seen from um, a boxer. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a box. It could be any sport Shaquille O'Neal is about seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to run better than the last. But um, also, it reminded me, Manny Pacquiao might well have actually recorded... <laughs> Shaquille did the soundtrack to his own movie where he played a wizard. Or... Oh, I was going to say he played a gypsy. I didn't know about... Any... A Polish gypsy? No, what the fuck did he play? There's no way Shaquille oh, O'Neal was playing oh, okay. a Polish gypsy. I'll, I'll research that for the next show. <laughs> yeah. Because... Um, but anyway, Manny Pacquiao... I'm pretty sure he recorded one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Something like Sometimes When We Touch. Type it in, look it up. It is just the most god-awful piece of shit you've ever heard in your life. A couple of quick points. The Subway King, Anthony Agogo, oh, yeah. might be getting a spot on the Mayweather uh, Alvarez undercard, no which much. would be a great opportunity for yeah, him. Yeah, very good. Great upcoming British uh, fighter. Um, that would be brilliant for him. Um, also, the British Lionheart, sadly, amateur boxing uh, franchise has pulled out of the World Series for financial reasons. Oh, really? So that's a bit of a blow. Boom. Um, All right, well, that wrap it up for uh, news. Yeah. We'll move into the next part of the show. All right. Okay, well, uh, we're going to move on to the reviews, and we're going to look at the fights over the past two weeks, yeah? Yeah. So, the uh, first uh, one, so this was the, a big fight, I guess, over the last fortnight, and it was the middleweight division, uh, Gennady Golovkin, who's uh, ranked number two middleweight, versus uh, Matt Macklin, who is ranked number six, and this was for Golovkin's... Kazakhstan against Ireland. That was it, and for <laughs> Golovkin's WBA title, and uh, going into this, Golovkin had a record of 27 wins with 24 KOs, so one of the biggest hitters in the business. Yeah. Matt Macklin, he'd fought uh, Sergio Martinez, he'd fought Felix Sturm, maybe, arguably, he should beaten Sturm yeah but um, anyway yeah it was over pretty quick and was real one time yeah I mean it was always going to be the way Golovkin's been renowned for being a devastating hitter and there was a bet that I was sorely tempted before this fight and it was just for the fight to go the distance and it was it was basically 3 to 1 on and I was sitting there at home thinking oh should I put on like 20 quid I had I thought Matt Macklin, because he was such a step up in standard from what Glasgow had fought before, but it uh, turns mm-hmm. out, you could tell after the first round, this one was not, this one was not going to yeah, last. I, I fancied him maybe an early. I think that was, the strong odds were uh, fairly early. Yeah. And from watching Golovkin, you kind of, I mean, yeah, we love Macklin. Uh, yeah. Great but, boxer, top quality, but when you're faced with somebody with just that brutal power and he's skilled skilled at what he's done he is indeed real good um, shape real condition and all that type of good stuff Um, uh, but yeah uh, Matt Macklin down and then like a couple of rounds in just boom body shot him like one of those devastatingly painful body shots where you see him crippled on the floor I've heard that he grew up uh, like like all Kazakhstanians uh, uh, punching buildings (laughs) 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 that's what they do it's part of an initiation about when you're when you're eight years old to prove that you're a man. <laughs> they make you punch buildings. If the building falls on the top of your head, you box your way out of it. Yeah, that's it. You <laughs> knock it on top of your head and then you've got to punch your way out. <laughs> but uh, bigger and better things for uh, Golovkin, we suppose, because, um, again, if he's fighting uh, Martin Murray, hopefully, towards the end of this year, but um, that guy looks to be, yeah. soon to be like the crowned I middleweight saw, champion. Yeah, I saw a great thing in, I think it was like round one or something, they, they were tearing it up and... He got in a bit of a uh, a bit of a clinch, and on and on the break, Macklin threw like a short left hook yeah. on the break and caught Golovkin, and Golovkin just looked away with this expression of like, 
Now you've gone and done it. <laughs> now you've pissed me off. You shouldn't, shouldn't have done that, man. You shouldn't have gone and done that. And he just, yeah. Some man actually really should answer. Hey, I'm just a guy. Just making the world. Come on. He just brought the pain. And, uh, yeah, the other thing is I want to mention, you really got, got a sense of just how confident uh, Golovkin's corner was after round one because um, in the break, his trainer just uh, gave the following advice. He just went... Mix it up there, man. Just go out there and have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the kind of... Usually when you're in one of the biggest... Oh, well it's fair to say, one of the biggest fight that Golovkin's been in. Just go out there and have some fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he looked awesome. You had to like cut off the ring and just... Yeah, and real I, one give, I give Macklin a lot of respect. Like You could see early on he was hurt. He, he, he was shocked by the power. Mm. He, uh, he didn't look comfortable, but even when the going got tough, where a lot of fighters would have almost given up... Macklin stays he, in there and goes yeah there. and he went for it he brought he decided no I'm going to give this a shot and there were a couple of times where I thought oh this is over and Macklin just got up and he, he gave it his fucking all he yeah. put in a bit of heart and yeah as you said a brutal cracking body, body shot. shot put him yeah. down but um, what else was on so that was on the uh, I should have said maybe on the Saturday the 29th of June on the same night this one uh, in Bolton in a uh, in the lightweight division Gavin Rees who's uh, ranked number 6 versus Anthony Crawler in a, which was yeah a bit of a tear up. This was, yeah, uh, was I guess for anyone that does know, it was a step up from uh, in Crawler's career. So he went in with a record of uh, twenty six, uh, f- twenty six wins and four losses. <coughs> and uh, Gavin Rees uh, has a record like uh, thirty seven and three. And Gavin Rees has been and in there like some really really top top level fighters. Yeah. And uh, what do you think? Because um, it was well, a good fight, I have to say. Yeah, I I I, I think the bookies had Reese as a favour, and a lot of yeah. people said, "Oh, yeah, he's too experienced." Blah. But I I've seen Crollo's a couple of well, I watched definitely both his against Derry Matthews, and I was very impressed. I mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I I liked what I saw in Crollo, and um, I think I, I think I felt a pretty fifty fifty, mm-hmm. and I was edging. You know, I give Reese maybe the benefit of his experience, but for me, it just looked like. I don't know. I love Reese's style. Great style. He Hands looks like down. a Joe Calzaghe he's type. He's really, really... Even for that division, he's short. He's yeah. a small guy. Um, but what's brilliant is his movement. is constantly bopping and moving out. And he's 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 a very tough, frustrating fighter. Mm-hmm. Even even when you beat him, you don't look good doing it. It's a frustrating... Yeah. He's, so he's uh, a, I guess for anyone who does know, um, Crawler took it on a decision yeah. over the 12 rounds by... Yeah, probably like a. I had it like maybe like three or four. He's like a comfortable winner in my estimation. I, I wouldn't go that far. I'd say I, I had it as Crawler winning the fight, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. But it was quite close by like maybe a couple of rounds. So maybe. um, what else came up? There was a in the super middleweight division. This one, Thomas. Can you say his name? Ustusen. Ustazen. Ustazen. And, uh, anyway, he's uh, ranked number five in the Super Bowl. Oh, that was a bit brief about the end of Anthony Crawler. Oh, yeah, but uh, what else did you want to say? Um, I was just going to talk about. That <laughs> 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 uh, was a funny signal to give me. The old hands winding up. All right, mate. <laughs> this is professional people. This is really. No, I just wanted to talk about, you know, the fact that. Gavin Reese, yeah, you know, he's always a tricky star, but you just you just got the impression that maybe time, as good as his style is, mm-hmm. it's only got so long. And once you reach a certain age, you, that reflexes, that, that mm-hmm. head movement of things, you, your timing just loses just that slight edge. And that was where he seemed to get caught quite a bit. And I just felt that 
kind of really, didn't really have a plan B for Crawler's counterpunching, and he just sat back well. Because I know some people said that it was a bit of a robbery, didn't they? I know yeah, they did. Which... They said that Crawler didn't deserve to win, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I guess for anyone who hasn't um, seen it, we can give a bit uh, more detail. Basically, uh, Gavin Reese is getting to, kind of great movement from the kind of waist. Imagine how Joe Calzaghe <coughs> used to fight. Without just with less boxing skill, unless we like overly brutal about it. Yeah. But um, Crawler, for his part, is throws considerably less punches, but they're a lot more accurate, a lot more effective. So he controlled the fight very well, and he he controlled the middle of the fight. And I think nearly near the end, the last kind of two or three rounds, uh, certainly last two rounds, it, I think Reese realised, hang on, I'm badly behind here. I need to do something special to try mm-hmm. and win this. And he did. He really stepped up, and he started letting his hands go a bit more and. Yeah, I was impressed by the way he finished the fight, but I still tired, felt close. Yeah, he did. They both looked quite tired early on, like after six oh, rounds. I, I remember thinking they both looked... ranked six on, which is <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Anyway, I, we we'll, uh, we won't we won't go too much into that, even though I did have uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit more. I was just going to say, finally, while we're on that, people have been talking up Crawler to face Ricky Burns um, off the back of that. Big step um, up. Yeah, that's what I feel personally. I like Crawler, and I thought it was good, but that's a big step up. You look how yeah. Ricky performed against that Gonzalez. That Gonzalez was amazing. Outbox Ricky, but Ricky just fucking wore his stuck in there. Basically, Ricky hits harder. He's tougher, mm-hmm. better chin. He's more in shape. You wouldn't see him getting tired that early. I almost said Andy Crawler's on the um, world level. I think. No, uh... I think he needs a bit more. I do yeah. really like him. I mean, he's a great fighter, and... Uh, yeah, I just think Ricky Burns is one of those. Mm-hmm. He's just that little bit too far. Yeah, off. But, You know, it's uh, a fight I can definitely see being made. <laughs> <laughs> but again, um, not a payday, so it wouldn't be a yeah, bad thing. Anyway, but, um, right, sorry, go on, move on to So I'll uh, we'll move around, uh, go through like a couple other ones quick. That um, So, uh, yeah, in the super middleweight division, so this one, Thomas Usheisen, number five rank versus the unbeaten Brandon Gonzalez. And um, this is basically Usheisen. Have you ever seen him fight? Do you know what he looks like? He's about 6'4", skinny-looking guy. Really? Yeah. South African skinny. I, didn't, I bet all and, they uh, do is eat biltong like, <laughs> and uh, hunt things. <laughs> and uh, not the world's most technically gifted boxer, but uh, in this case, coming against uh, an unbeaten uh, Gonzalez. And anyway, it ended up in a draw, so uh, maybe like a bit of a step back in, because there's some real good super middleweights out there, and maybe Oosthausen needs to... Um, Oosthausen. Oosthausen needs to do a bit better. <laughs> But um, what else was on? There was um, this one was really interesting. Diplomatic community. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> had to throw out that uh, South African uh, quote. On the same night as that qualified, there was Frankie Gavin, fun time Frankie as he used to be known. Uh, was up against uh, another British uh, guy called Denton Vassell. Did you watch this one? No, but fun time Frankie. That's what Frank Skinner used to. Be. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Frankie Gavin is uh, the current British uh, welterweight champion. He was also uh, Britain's first ever world amateur champion. So, like, his boxing skills are fantastic. And um, he won an eight-round KO versus Denton Vazelle, who couldn't come out for... Uh, sorry, couldn't come out for round nine with a broken jaw. Really hard to tell that, because yeah, Vassell, yeah. for anyone not to know, looks like he's been down the gym since he was born. All yeah. those kind of rippling muscles. A bit like Darius Vassell. <laughs> <laughs> not many miles away. <laughs> and uh, Frankie Gavin... Doesn't look like that. He doesn't look like he goes down the gym. He's like thin and in shape, but he's yeah, not. Yeah, you know, like yeah. somebody who looks like a super like athlete. Tony Bellew. And um, in any case, Gavin's boxing skills are that guy really knows how to fight dirty and spoil a spoil. Like Tony Bellew <laughs> <laughs> knows how to spoil a fight. All those, you know, the kind of dark arts of boxing oh, where someone yeah. is Love it. <laughs> really kind of crafty. Knows how to use the space. What he's amazing at is he's got like this, he's, 
his amateur pedigree lends itself to the professional game in this sense of his footwork, just those tiny little steps to move back like a couple of inches, and so many of Vassell's punches are just skimming yeah. past his I'd face, and he comes back with one, that's two one of the, that's one of the most That's one of the most skilled arts in boxing, is to make your opponent miss, by, but to make him miss by... Just, yeah. just enough, just by those few centimeters. Yeah, that Floyd-esque tender punch, and it's fantastic. And sometimes, watch. as a viewer, you're looking at it and you can be lulled into thinking, "Oh, this guy's connecting." Mm. The real art is, which is why it's so tricky sometimes um, judging fights. But and Vizel yeah, uh, landed art. like a big punch. I think it was like round five. Got uh, <clears throat> Gavin on the ropes and just a big overhand right, boom, right in the chin. And it's one of those where Frankie Gavin. Is leaning back on the punch and almost rise the punch, but not quite because he's like, oh, <laughs> shit, boy. That was, but somehow managed to break his jaws. Um, Fucking hell. Yeah, so. real impressive. Okay. But um, what else? There's another fight. We talked about this um, last weekend just because I liked his name. So, Willie Nelson. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, in the junior middleweight division over 10 rounds, fighting a guy called Luciano Guello. Okay. And uh, Willie Nelson's record is uh, 21 wins with um, one loss. And uh, he won by unanimous uh, decision over Quello, but uh, a really good fight. And uh, well, the reason it was so interesting that uh, Andre Ward, the uh, current super middleweight champion, did the commentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what I loved about it, he's incredibly articulate, he's erudite, and he. I've heard him, he's really good, yeah. What's a really funny tale when you listen to him? When he's looking at a boxer who's. Right, to be fair, all, nearly all boxers are shit. Yeah, yeah, is. yeah. And he's watching one, he's clearly a shit. Yeah. And he. He just. He just starts explaining, well, what I would do in this situation <laughs> is blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And goes on. And he, every single round to say, listen, he's just fighting the wrong fight. He's doing the wrong things. Yeah, he mate, can win this easily, but he's fucking it up. I listened to him commentate on the uh, Froch Kessler fight. Fantastic. The guy just does not hold back on Froch. <laughs> he's just like, the guy's wide open. He's yeah. wide up, just, just hit him in the face, easy. <laughs> One of my um, favourite quotes in there, he was talking about, um, so Willie Nelson's uh, style, he loves a brawl. Yeah. And as he's a big, like, lanky guy, and Quello's, like, smaller and Argentinian, like, real tough. And uh, Willie Nelson is, just gets into a bit of a scrap. So these trainer is called Jack Lowe, and he's the trainer who used to train um, Kelly Pavlik. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Low is, I've got a couple of quotes from him. What's my favourite one? I came to round eight and uh, they go offside the ring and say, Low, what do you think about the fight? And he goes, Listen, <laughs> when he gets in there, I can't tell him what to do. I can't tell him what the fuck to do. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he does wear his heart on his sleeve, old Low, doesn't he? And uh, basically, they're saying that, listen, if Nelson wants to fight the way he's fighting, so getting in close and trying to have a scrap. And uh, Andre, Woods, <laughs> Andre Ward's advice was, You got to know when to hold him and you got to know when to fold him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who quotes, uh, yeah, that's genius. Yeah, so good. But uh, I think Willie Nelson took it over like, ten rounds. Barely and took Willie it. Willie Nelson jokes that he threw in there. Unfortunately, not. He didn't um, have the uh, other uh, country music <laughs> veterans that he knew how to quote. Well, More of the pity. But um, right, are we going to move on to the David Price Tony Thompson? Yeah, because I guess this might have been the is, biggest one of the weekend. This is the great one. So um, um, for this one, heavyweight division again on Saturday, the twenty ninth of June. Rematch. Up in, rematch up in Liverpool. After after a very disappointing early surprise knockout of uh, first David round Price versus Tony the second Tiger, round. second round, second round yeah. against Tony the Tiger Thompson. Yeah. Ranked, have a good name. Ranked number nine. They sound in... like he should be uh, on the oh. front of a cereal box. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to an interview with him on uh, it was some uh, other uh, boxing show. He comes across as just the nicest guy. Ah, oh, and he's super. Unless you see him after the fight, and he starts telling people to 
donate a uh, wheelchair in because he's going to destroy his wife because he hasn't had sex in a long time. <laughs> Can you not hear that after the fight? He goes, oh, you people out there, I'm going to go, so what next for you? And the interview clearly meant in boxing terms, he goes, I haven't had sex in a long time. I'm going to go home and I'm going to absolutely destroy Mrs. Thompson. She ain't going to be able to walk, so somebody better start donating in a wheelchair. I'm like, fucking hell, all right, mate. That's a bit strong. I'm going to absolutely smash her. I'm like, oh, that's whoa. But um, no, yeah, he's, he is a great... He's a character. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a lovely guy. What do you think yeah. of the fight? Well, <laughs> i got a lot to say about this fight. I'll start off. David Price, I'm going to start with, wasn't jabbing much, wasn't throwing much, and seemed to be getting caught far too easily by Thompson, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, Tony's a southpaw. And uh, he just seemed to be hitting Price. I noticed he was hitting him with lead left hands, mm. which is not particularly good, and almost just constantly hitting in. Just felt like Price was, you know, he didn't have any head movement, he lacked footwork, and he just seemed nervous, let his hands go. Well, it's Tyson like, Fury right all along, and he's just massively overrated and can't well, take a punch. Well, we'll get to this, because you have to say, like, I've, I've got later down here, I've got some stuff which I read about Price... Um, or rather what uh, Tyson Fury was saying about Price on Twitter. And you kind of, as harsh as some of it is, you kind of think, do you know what, I can't kind of blame the guy. The amount of abuse that Tyson Fury's had, the amount of people who've just Mm -hmm. been saying, oh, David Price would knock you out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Yeah, maybe David Price was just very nervous. Um, I think he was scared of... I thought there's a lot to be said for if someone goes into a fight and there's so much on it, maybe it wasn't... I was having this conversation with a lad at work. Is there so much nervous energy that he's just felt drained after like a round or two? Because yeah. round three onwards, he looked fucking exhausted. I, know. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't fully understand that nervous energy thing. I don't uh, think I mind, would. Unless, a... I think you have to be a professional athlete or certainly boxer to really fully appreciate mm. that. But I'm not really buying that. There must be plenty of fighters who are. I just think you look at his record. He's he's never gone that distance. And when he he started training with Lennox Lewis, mm-hmm. just recently which many people probably know. And one of the things he said was just uh, my conditioning. Some of the things Lennox has got me doing, I just, I'm just i just wrecked. I just can't believe oh, wow, blah, blah, really? blah, Which makes you think, yeah, you know, what have you been doing? Yeah, all right, you've got his power. And you look at his fights, taking on old guys. And I I was critical of his, like, the skeleton and the mm-hmm. other fight. And even Thompson, I, I didn't see him getting knocked out. I thought he was going to come out, knock Thompson out in the first couple of rounds. I was going to... I was thinking, you're fighting another 40-year-old fighter. Yes, he's experienced, but you've got the power. What are we learning about the guy? Mm. Nothing. And that's why I've always been sceptical of him. And Let me ask you this. Hold my hands up to Thompson. He's, he's, is, is there something in his genetics that means that <clears throat> some people that just can't take like a sustained beating? Because it isn't like Tony Thompson throws the biggest punches in the world. So is it something about David Price mm. that he's just... I don't know. I just think maybe he's just never been in those waters. He's always been... Maybe it's a mental thing. He got in there, he was nervous, he was a bit shocked. It's a bit of a blow. What I'll get onto in this fight, he was clearly cautious, thought, I'm not going to let my hands go. Mm-hmm. And it, it became very apparent to me that in the fight, he just doesn't have the defensive skill, doesn't have the footwork, the the head movement. He doesn't have the boxing skill. Tyson Fury doesn't have any of those things. He's got more. I think genuinely (laughs) he's got more. He can switch up. I know he's still got a lot of weaknesses. He's still Mm -hmm. got a lot. But from what I've seen of Price against Thompson, they looked in a different... The tactics that he employed in... Sorry, or employed the first round and a half of just trying to stay on the outside. Mm -hmm. Whenever he tried to defend, he just hold his his gloves up around his head. He didn't Mm -hmm. move. 
he didn't move his head, he didn't move his feet, and Thompson was able to just hit him in the body, break the guard. He was just he was just picking him apart. And I was mm. thinking, look, I know you don't you don't want to leave yourself open, but you just don't have the skill to approach the fight like this. And yep. the only time he looked like he was in with a shout was when he let his hands go. And yeah, he was more vulnerable and ultimately he got hit and caught and that's why he got knocked down in the first fight. But, you know, in my opinion, he should have just gone out there, stuck to what he's strong at and tried to blow Thompson out of the water. Let me answer this. For um, David Price's career at the moment, to know he's lost two in the spin against... <laughs> Let's say like an outside... Um, a very well-experienced, but still, yeah. you'd have to say... Is he is Price going to be stuck at the British and European looked, level, which is still like yeah, a probably good listen, level to be at? It's, it's not really lost against Thompson, because I think Thompson hasn't got the respect he... Mm-hmm. I think he will do now, and you can see that he's a top guy, but it was the manner, it, it was the way Price looked yeah, in both so. fights, which is just well below that top level. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah... I think Let me answer this question because my if I was his um, trainer, I'm sorry if I was his uh, mantra at the moment, you've two one way two ways of going. You either go down right, let's step it down a level, let's get you more experience, let's try and build up, do all that type of good Just, stuff. Maybe a couple of years in the future, see if you can have another go. Or nah, you can do the Garrett way of doing business and say right, the next fight we need to line up is against Del Boy Chisora, and let's get jump straight back on the horse and have a big one I mean, and really test the horse and say if you fail against this, then you're not going to be like a heavyweight champion. I mean, I'd love jump to back see on the that. horse and just go for it, mate. Just. I'd love to see that just because uh, Del Boy's my favourite, one of my favourite current fighters <laughs> out there now, and I reckon he could do him, and I think it'd be a good fight. But I think I think Chisora would end up just. Out, out. I don't know. He, he, if David Price doesn't my, have the my, chin... My biggest thing, right, it's not even that his chin is poor. For me, what I couldn't work out was just how tired he looked. The conditioning. Yeah, and the other thing, I mean, some real basic... Of somebody his size, I mean, some... And also his power, right? I'm going to highlight some of what I thought were his biggest weaknesses. He looked really poor, and then somehow in the second round, he caught Tom... Uh, he caught... Um, yeah, Thompson. Yeah, he caught Tony walking in. Um, he caught him with a, a good shot and uh, dropped him. Mm-hmm. And Tony looked genuinely like hurt. It took him like a good nine seconds to get up. I was thinking, well, okay. And by the time he got up and the ref started, there was 10 seconds left of the round, which isn't like masses of time. Yeah. But you think, right, test test the opponent's yeah. legs. Get in there, get stuck in. See how badly he instinct. is. Tyson... Di- Price, sorry, not only did he not land the punch, he didn't throw one punch in those 10 seconds. And mm. I just thought, what are you doing? You've looked dog shit so far. You've, you've landed a good shot. You've got good power. Get him there. Test him. He didn't. A schoolboy error. Let yep. him get back there. The other thing is, when he was hurt, right, I just, for somebody of his size in the heavyweight, heavyweight division, mm-hmm. he didn't even know how to clinch. I mean that yeah. is a that is a key core feature of heavyweight boxing. He was for clinching good, round four. It was good, a bit too late. Well, <laughs> a good no, he he couldn't even clinch properly. A good thirty or forty years that has been a key factor of heavyweight boxing. You have to know how to clinch. <laughs> you get hurt, you've got to tie up. Or at least punch him in the balls, yeah. which is always <laughs> which is uh, Oh, is it Andrew Galotta, the yeah. human octopus? <laughs> Use those <laughs> if, tactics, mate. Come if, on. If you can't clinch a guy to death, punch him in the balls <laughs> until you get disqualified. Um, but no, it was just I looked and I just thought, you know, that is that is just poor. You yeah, you have to you have to be able to do that. And he just looked 
he just looked physically exhausted yeah, and, and and worrying really. But um, I know I know we've got uh, I know we've got time sort of uh, short here, but I do want to uh, quickly mention some of the. Um, Things that I read on Tyson Fury's Twitter page around the fight because they are they are they are they are gold. Let's, let's be honest. Um, he said, uh, in fairness to him, I noticed something he posted before the fight, and it was uh, a message to David Price saying, "Do the biz, mate. Do the biz against Thompson. Best of luck," sort of thing. And I thought, oh, okay, that's, that's, good that's good. Yeah, but probably building up a potential fight between the two. Uh, but yeah, that attitude didn't change when the result came out. Um, and funny enough, yeah, first of all, he launched an attack at uh, Lennox Lewis, um, saying that, yeah, this was the quote I was mentioning, couldn't train a rice pudding, it was rice. <laughs> that was the pudding. Good, good choice of uh, pudding there, Tyson. Um, and he also went on to say, I told Lennox that he would not make it, but nice try anyway. Pathetic performance from Price. No jab, gassed, no footwork, hurt to the head and body. What has he been doing? Don't give Price too much stick, though. Not his chin's fault this time. It was his heart. Nice. Turn Again, <laughs> turning that knife. Getting it in the Twist wind. it. Go on. Okay. All right. Well, um, next up, we're going to do a uh, segment. It's been a long time. Friend um, of the show. Yeah, we're very pleased to welcome back to our show our dear, dear friend and boxing legend, Manos de Piedra, El Cholo, the king of... Panama, the man who single-handedly built the fifth leg of a canal, Panamanian canal. Comente, <laughs> <laughs> um, the king of the head biting of the speed bag. Oh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen that. He knows how to punch a Scotsman in the balls. Ah, oh, punch him into oblivion in those balls. Um, so he's pissed blood for about ten years after that. Old poor old Buchanan. <laughs> Like a good Scotsman, he's, he's never forgotten it. Anyway, yeah, Roberto Dure. <laughs> Well, I don't know why we're clapping. He's not on the phone or anything. He's just... Um, for those of you um, listeners who are fairly new to our show, we have a little segment where you, the listener, write into us with everyday problems and we pass it on to Roberto, who acts as kind of like a bit of an agony aunt, yeah. and he gives his advice, helps you out in those everyday problems. So, massive chance for you guys to... Um, Converse with a legend. Yeah, exactly. Even if it does take about four weeks in with the Panamanian Mail... But so far we've had a couple of uh, what the problems been. Somebody had a problem with their boiler. Somebody oh, yeah. else's girlfriend was spending too much time on the phone. They're the kind of insignificant things um, that that we that. Roberto you know, loves the deal. Oh, he loves it. But somebody has really stepped up this, this week, <laughs> right? Um, now this week we had an email. Uh, we got a little bit a while ago from uh, somebody called Andy Dunbridge. Um, he, he didn't he didn't sign it, but I'm assuming that's his name because uh, his email is uh, Andy Dumbridge twenty two. So it'd be a bit weird if that wasn't his name. <laughs> and he shows that as his email. But uh, anyway, he's written in a letter to Roberto, which starts like this. Okay, starts. This is a message for Mr. Duran. Nice, dear Roberto. Please help. I think my wife is trying to poison me. <laughs> Good luck. Right? So he's off to a flyer. I've been married for seven years, but recently things have not been going very well. Yeah. Me and my wife are constantly getting into arguments and seem to be disagreeing about everything. I have a very well-paid job at Halfords. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I wasn't sure when I read this. They're a good I mean, employer. Does does he mean the cycle repair and motor vehicle chain, Halfords? Oh, he must do. I don't know if... Because uh... do they do well-paid jobs? It's at the top. It's like any company. 
Maybe I want to show is maybe like a consultancy firm just happened to have the same name. <laughs> Andy, let us know about these things. Um, anyway. Anyway, so yeah, he goes on. Then he says, uh, she doesn't do anything but sit around the house all day. Does he say it in that cockney kind of well, sit around the arms? That's how I read into it, you know. <laughs> God, typical, isn't it? The old, the old, uh, the old ball chain. and chain is just sitting around. Don't do a bloody thing. <laughs> Have to cook my own dinner and everything now. Um, and then he says, uh, he goes on to say, now all of a sudden, my, my, he puts my coffee, but I'm going to say, now all of a sudden, my coffee has started tasting funny. And I've noticed strange things happening to my food. Oh, I think it might be a... What's his name? Andrew. Andy Dunbridge. Andy Dunbridge. You might be a bullshit. (laughs) Well, we're going to get on to that. Yeah, he doesn't elaborate. He says strange things have been happening to his food. Could could mean anything. Anyway, I think my wife is trying to poison me to get to my money. I've been down to the doctors, but he says he thinks I'm all right. (laughs) I mean, I'll give him a bit of advice. Is that a... Well, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. I don't know where else to turn, all right? HP now, sauce, mate. Just cover all the food in it. And is that is that an anti, is that an HP brain sauce? Yeah, that's right. Any poison, mate. Just you're listening out there, Andy. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> anyway. My um, advice, mate. Anyway, right. first thing to point out, I'm pretty sure that old Andy Dunbridge has made all of that up because <laughs> that sounds like pure 100 percent bollocks. Uh, that's what I, I mean, was suggesting. But. Don't anyway. worry about that, because it's great material. <laughs> Roberto loves it, and we here love it, so if there are any listeners, stroke, aspiring fictional writers out there <laughs> who want to send us in some more bollocks just like that, then send it through, because, Andy, we are loving that shit, and we're big fans of that sort of nonsense. Anyway, back to Roberto's uh, what did he say? advice for Andy. Um, I know you guys are dying to hear about this, right? I'll just read it off. It starts... Uh, Hola, Andy. Buenas noches. Bienvenido. Uh, lamento. Hang on. Is it? Lamento escucha sus problemas. It's not the right problem. Right? Now, I don't know what any of that fucking means. <laughs> but thankfully, he switches to English. So, uh, you got any idea? I think, I think that hola, Andy means... Uh, Oi, Andy! I'd imagine there's been many a good time in Roberto's life where... Death has stalked him, stalked him rather oh. dangerously, especially through a woman. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's he continues anyway in English here, and he says, right, it starts off. There is nothing more beautiful in life than a woman. Oh well, that's a good good point, isn't it? Joe Frazier's left hook. <laughs> <laughs> when it lands flush on Ali's face, when it crunches Muhammad Ali around <laughs> his big mouth. Yeah, that? that's up there. That's pretty beautiful. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> I forgot how much of a big fan you are of Joe Frazier. <laughs> is there anything uh, written about him that you haven't read? Ah, oh. is Will? Dude, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that ain't cool. <laughs> Only that I didn't mention my name. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Roberta, he says there is nothing more beautiful in life than a woman, and there is nothing more dangerous either. Nice. Yeah. Profound. Oh, yeah. It? Very profound. He says. Uh, Sometimes you fight, sometimes you find yourself living on a knife's edge. Nice, a bit of a oh, pearl. I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insulting. Um, uh, so there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, sometimes you find yourself living on a knife's edge. And it is at these times when you feel most alive. Nice. Some insightful shit. Never forget these words, Andy. Que te me pronto. Brackets, get well soon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lovely, lovely stuff there from Roberto. So yeah, that's Roberto's advice for you, Andy. I mean, it's uh, arguably a little bit cryptic if you ask me. <laughs> but, but then again, you know, as soon as your problem's clearly made up, guess it doesn't really make any difference either way. If you're going to come in with bullshit, Roberto sees through that and just fires you back with some cryptic... Life advice. Poetic, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Uh, that's nice, I like to... Yeah. I mean, just in case your uh, email is genuine... Advice I would say is stop drinking coffee and maybe start eating out more often. Or just get a new wife. Oh, yeah. Do that, mate. Oh, yeah. Simple, simple. Because, because you don't want to end up like a poor old uh, Arturo Gatti. Very, very true. Getting shot by his wife, who then gets let out of prison. Shot? Yeah. He was hung. No, wasn't he shot? No, got really drunk and then hung by her uh, Brazilian lover. Really? I don't know. Have you never seen the doc? Any of you listeners, <laughs> go on YouTube. Look, I was a brilliant documentary recently about our, the death of Arturo Gatti. Brilliant. Just type it into YouTube. I mean, it? I've never seen. I mean, his wife's on it. Interviews everything. It's yeah. like half from her point of view. I've never seen a more guilty. I mean, it's purely judgmental, but everything about her body language, <laughs> everything just oozes guilt. I am guilty. She's screaming at the thing. I killed that motherfucker. I mean, he was, he was no saint, and he there's a lot of stuff in there. He'd he'd <laughs> taken a fair beating, and he'd become a bit of a lunatic. It would be anyway. like if she literally screamed at the camera, <laughs> I've killed that motherfucker. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I've got all his money. Fuck that. Anyway, no, no. Look, we're getting off. Anyway, that is... Uh, thanks so much, Roberto. Mm, Great to have it. you on there. Good luck. Um, yeah, and for you listeners... If you enjoyed that and you want any uh, advice, even if you didn't enjoy it, <laughs> even if you don't want advice, send something in. It's always good for the show. Yeah, why not? All right. <laughs> um, all right, no, next, right, we're, we're going to go on to um, my personal favourite part of the show, which is Didn't You Used To Be A Boxer? So our weekly feature where we look back at... Um... The lives of a legend, a character... Um, it's, they've all been boxers, haven't they? They have indeed, of course. And they've yeah. all been American, have they? Not this time. Fucking we're get in. We're going south of the border, people. So <laughs> this time, we're going to uh, Ricardo Mayorga. So, uh, Probably have... the greatest Nicaraguan boxer. Uh, certainly the most colourful. I'd he say, might well <laughs> be one of the most colourful boxers that has ever, ever graced the sport. How best to start off. So I'd say rarely do boxers love to fight as much as Ricardo oh. El Matador and, Mayorga. And rarely do you find a boxer who... Uh, Drinking, smoking, smoking while he while he runs. Trash talking, that's government. A, that's a look. Government, <laughs> government corruption. He's got oh. El Matador tattooed on his neck, which oh. uh, I'm a massive fan of. So anyway, for this guy, so he's born in uh, 1973 in Nicaragua, and uh, born into a large family, like uh, six kids. His quote: "I come from a country where everything is war." Mayorga said, "Even the women are tough." In Nicaragua, women give birth wherever. In the middle of the street, in the countryside, with no medical attention. You see you see that, and it puts a totally different perspective on things. <laughs> this guy's got some insight. As a teenager, he spent his years in a gang. And uh, according to himself, twice had a gun pointed to his head. Both times, he said, the weapon jammed. And uh, he had... Basically, if you ever see like a picture of him, he's got like half a dozen scars all over his face from like oh, all yeah. over his body from like various knife fights that he was in. Street fire, wasn't he? That's how he. He's got a, because of his uh, gang lifestyle. He's got a scar on the top of his head that he said was produced by someone hitting him with a lead pipe. <laughs> and uh, anyway, while he was because of his kind of crazy ways, we'll say as a teenager, he attended military school in uh, Managua, which is like the capital of uh, Nicaragua. <laughs> 
And, it's um, like an organised gang, the Nicaraguan military. Pretty much. Yeah. And, like uh, joining the mafia. Oh, we'll come down to that in a, <laughs> we'll come down to that in a minute, mate. And, uh, basically, he was a rough uh, street kid, and um, he didn't really like sports, so the sports teacher said to him, mate, you might enjoy boxing. He goes on to win the national championship oh. and was the uh, Central American Golden Gloves <coughs> champion as an amateur. He had like 103 amateur fights and with only a couple of losses. So anyway, he gets to 20 years old. It's 1993 and he um, turns professional. His first fight, he gets paid $30 and he gets TKO'd in round six. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, so anyway, he has a couple of fights in 1994, wins them all. 1995, he has uh, three KOs. And then um, for some reason, he took three years off. From boxing, from probably 1995. To, probably to catch up on his smoking. Well, I'd say, <laughs> partly what he was doing during that time, he's a big fan of drag racing. <laughs> his, preferred, his preferred pastime is Via de la Suerte, or Street of Luck. And basically it's a game, or a so-called game, I suppose, where he guns up his tricked-out Honda Coupe <laughs> and speeds through a red traffic light at a busy intersection. Holy shit. And, uh, so in 1998, he returns, and... Um, has a couple of uh, basically he wins one fight but then loses the next two, and uh, it isn't really until 1999 that his uh, kind of career starts picking up. So in 1999, there's a series of KO wins and then fights and beats a Cuban kind of fringe contender called Hutardo. And um, so Hutardo, like in his past, did for, like a uh, Prunel Whitaker and uh, Costa Zoo oh, yeah, yeah. in world title uh, attempts. Uh, Mayorga beats him, and then in 2000 2001, this is where he comes in. Yeah. And becomes um, a bit of a legend. So we mentioned this in the uh, when we were talking about the nicknames at the beginning of the show. So in 2001, with his winning record, he had challenges the WBA World Welterweight Champion Andrew Sixhead Lewis. <laughs> uh, the first fight is uh, declared like a no contest because both of them had cuts and it kind of ends. So 2002, there's an inevitable rematch. So 30th of March, 2002, this is it. This is big chance. Before the fight, there are quite a few rumours that Mayorga has been sneaking cigarettes and drinking just a couple of beers after every training session. I normally start drinking a beer, smoking for press conferences and have a cigarette in the ring, <laughs> didn't he? I'm sure I've seen clips of him doing and, uh, that. Regardless of his uh, training methods, he turns up and he's looking like real strong, real confident. And uh, <laughs> he's done this in like numerous of his future fights, but in like round four, he goes on to taunt. Uh, this in the middle of the fight goes on to taunt old six heads, <laughs> dropping his gloves to his sides, just sticking at his jaw and just letting Lewis boom land bombs. Ah, oh, brilliant! He uh, comes back, fires back, and then uh, puts Lewis to the canvas around <clears> five. <throat> and uh, so Mayorka wins the beats uh, six heads. <laughs> and, um, true to his training style, he arrives at the post-fight press conference, cigarette in one hand, <laughs> beer in another. And uh, 2003, so basically, like so few boxing aficionados thought he would kind of go on to do anything else because of his. Yeah, um, yeah. No one thought he'd continue in his winning ways. Yeah. Anyway, that didn't stop Mayorka, who clearly thought different about this. In his next fight, he decided he'd step it up and fight Vernon the Viper Forest. Oh, yeah. So Vernon Forrest had just top, been top level. Just been named 2002 Fighter of the Year by like yeah. um, Ring Magazine and other kind of boxing uh, writers things. And uh, Forrest had just become the um, welterweight champion after beating who at this time looked invincible, the Sugar, Sugar Shane Mosley. Oh, that's it. Yeah, didn't he beat him twice? He did, I yeah. Think, yeah, yeah. And... Um, Sugar, sugar, shade! <laughs> Sorry, I have to give but, a shout-out to him. So not only did uh, Mayorga predict that he'd win, but he said he'd knock Forrest out inside of seven rounds. <laughs> he was so relaxed, he, when he came to the uh, official weigh-in, he was standing there with a slice of pizza in his hand, <laughs> just to prove how he had no problem making the weight. And uh, 
is one of his Majorca is one of my favourite trash talkers and there's like the oh, first of brilliant. a series of quotes the first one he's talking about Forrest and he says in my country women give birth to men I will spank Forrest like a man spanks a boy <laughs> <laughs> I was like alright mate anyway from the outset uh, Forrest just seemed to be perplexed uh, Majorca and his power shots and just on throwing so much le- leather raining yeah, yeah. down punches and um, basically Majorca shot everyone in attendance experts anyone who thought he got a first round knockdown and then um, went on to just batter Forrest with kind of bombs and taking like Forrest's like uh, best shots until finally in the third round bang that's it referee waves it off and uh, he picks up uh, Forrest's WBC crown to go with his uh, W his already WBA title yeah so um, he agrees to an immediate rematch. This is a boy he loves fighting. <laughs> <laughs> no messing around, no bullshit, no politics. Yeah, That's yeah. it for the best. So uh, immediate rematch in Las Vegas. This one in uh, July 2003. And again, this time they're taking Mayorga a bit seriously. And again, both these titles on the line. The night before the rematch, Mayorga was seen on the floor of a, <laughs> the host casino at 3am. <laughs> cigarette and <laughs> A woman on the other. Apparently uh. he, went, he just went retired to his room about like 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Wakes up in his street clothes and they got up to fight like a few hours later. Fantastic. So basically, the rematch lived up to like the pre fight uh, bill, and as usual, Mayorka just come out throwing bombs and uh, he built up like an early round lead. And um, again, he's building, he's all the way through the fight, he's like taunting Forrest and just talking shit and making faces. Forrest is throwing bombs and it's going uh, back and forth. And um, in the fourth round of the rematch, uh, again, as he does so often, Mayorka drops his gloves to one side, <laughs> offers up the old free chin, and uh, the forest stars are laying on him and Mayorga, bang, 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 punches his own face. Oh, he loves just a bit of harder, just punching harder. his own face, yeah. And uh, basically for this one, uh, Mayorga takes it in the majority decision. So, uh, next fight. So, again, he doesn't step down. All he ever does during his career is, like, fight the best. And uh, steps up to his next one. He comes up to undisputed world welterweight champion. Uh, sorry, he wants to become the undisputed world welterweight champion by taking on Corey, the next generation Sphinx. <laughs> and uh, Sphinx, for anyone who doesn't know, is, like, a slick boxer, able to... Uh, Real good movement and yeah, a, yeah, kind yeah. of classy style. He's able like to avoid most of Mayorga's uh, power shots. And anyway, it ends up that uh, Spinks gets the decision. Yeah. And uh, there's lots of um, controversy maybe who should have taken it. But these are my two favourite quotes. This is before and after. Yeah. So before the fight, he said, Spinks, I'm gonna re- I promise to reunite you with your dead mother. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of ain't cool, but at the same I, time... I don't know if it's as or worse than his... This is after the fight, so he's just lost. And he says, Spinks, you're a faggot. Next time, I want to sew a pair of knots on you so you can stand there and fight in front of me like a man. <laughs> he is... Wow, that guy doesn't make, mix his words, does he? This is proper trash talk. This and that's is the guy what I like. Sometimes, like, you know, you get fights, they give all that shit before, and then after the fight, it's all hugs and like, yeah, yeah what a true champion. He proved... That's what I like. This guy's pro- He's a proper dirty motherfucker. <laughs> we'll get into how dirty he is. So in 2004, just that this is what he's like outside the ring. So he's charged with uh, by the Nicaraguan police of... Um, an assault and attack on some uh, young fellow. He was also charged that year with a uh, rape, and he got off both. In a re- you know WikiLeaks a couple of what is it, a couple yeah, of years yeah, ago, yeah, all yeah. these cables they brought out. So um, there was a recent WikiLeaks cable that uh, featured material from the U.S. ambassador to Nicaragua, and uh, in some of the files it had one that was entitled uh, "Nicaragua's Most Wanted uh, Man: The Crimes of Daniel Ortega and His Family." So Ortega was the um, president of Nicaragua at the time. Right, right. It contains details that um, Mayorga, who was accused of raping a 22-year-old woman in uh, September 2004, he allegedly made a secret deal with the president, made a secret deal with Ortega, who was the head of the Sandinista National Liberation Front, 
like the head of the government. Yeah, yeah. And that allowed him to beat the charge. And this is what this is the quote from the document. Don King involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past oh, him. Yeah. And uh, this is like the quote from the document that Ortega and then in quotes agreed to protect the boxer in the courts if he would if he Mayorga would give up a, a agreed to give uh, Ortega a large portion of his international boxing winnings and advertise Daniel Ortega in public. Mayorga agreed. In December, he goes to court. Just let off both George. I mean, I mean, one thing I would say though, mm. the fact that that agreement was made, I mean, it doesn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not proof that he definitely did rape. Oh, I mean, we just have to go on record. Just uh, proof enough for me, I would have said. But um, well, I don't know. It's just you, you can never be too safe sometimes in life. He's a murky individual. No, yeah, at best. Yeah. Anyway, so um, in still in two thousand and four, he decides to move up to Mayorga decides it's to move up to. Downhill now, man. <laughs> Some deep, deep murky waters. I'll bring it back. So uh, in 2004, Mallorca moves up to full uh, middleweight and this time finds one of the all-time great boxers and Felix uh, T.O. Trinidad. Can, can I make my point now? <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> basically that uh, Trinidad had been retired for like almost uh, 29 months. So almost like, really? Two, yeah, like two and a half years. he's been out of the game that long. Yeah, yeah, so he decides to return this time and find like the, the world's toughest Nicaraguan. That, after, that was after Hopkins had beaten him, was it? No, no, this is... Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah it must have been. Wow, and, that's uh, a fight. Yeah, you could give the details. So in this one, uh, Felix uh, Trinidad won by uh, TKO in round eight. And uh, Mayorga starts off well. Oh, I just want to say game. for any of you listeners, right? Yeah, he gets often... Felix would get dropped. He loved yeah. getting dropped rounds one or two. Like an amazing and then he fight. Just, and then he just... Uh, yeah, he just... He just He'd punch the other guy in the balls. <laughs> Start 10 points. But anyway, I want to go into this right. Amazing fight. If you haven't seen it, go out there and see it. But there's like, a beautiful bit. I can't remember if it's round one or maybe round two. But there's a bit in a fight where Mayorga, as Garrett's been talking about early on, he had a trademark thing. Tough, tough, tough guy. He'd start hitting himself in the face, stand there, stick his chin out, taunting his opponent. He'd take like two or three of the opponent's best shots and just defiantly shake his head and then unleash hell does it against Felix right Felix renowned as one of the <laughs> most devastating punches of his boxing lands a solid shot Marga takes it well and he sort of goes yeah fucking starts in his head holds out again and Felix thinks oh shit you're going to just keep holding it out there. <laughs> Felix just throws a massive right hand sparks sparks Mayorga clean down to the floor <laughs> Mayorga's in a world of trouble and you just think ah. Oh, and we were talking about this earlier. It's one of my favourite things in boxing when a fighter gives it all the balls, yeah. gives it a big... Gives it the bigger. Yeah, and they just get smart <laughs> clean out. But to see a warrior like Mayorga getting knocked down, it's just one of those beautiful so moments to see, yeah, demonstrating Felix's power. But so, yeah, again, Trinidad, like an absolute legend. And Anyway, Mayorga bounces back in 2005 and he takes the uh, vacant WBC light middleweight championship and uh, against a fellow called um, Michel... Picarillo. Picarillo. Italian, is he? Uh, is he Italian? Yeah, he is. Yeah, probably. No more like that. And, uh, so basically, that uh, when he re, uh, got the light middleweight championship in 2006, uh, he finally got the opportunity of a lifetime and takes on uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Oh, yeah. Who had, De La Hoya had pre, basically pretty much come out of retirement after losing to uh, Bernard Hopkins. But anyway, they agreed to meet in May uh, 2006. And uh, again, Oscar De La Hoya beats him. And uh, T, uh, TKO in round six. And uh, some of the quotes. After I knock you out, Oscar, I look forward to drinking <laughs> drinking the warm milk from your wife's bread. <laughs> 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 what a 
be sure what that means. It doesn't even make sense, huh? Unless, Very good. of course, she just given birth. This is like in the press conference. He looks at. Uh, <laughs> She's highly antagonistic. He looks at Oscar and says, "This clan sitting to the right of me is just disrespect to me." You're going to be my bitch in bed anytime I want you, and I hate bitches, and I'm going to make you my little bitch. And uh, anyway, so Arthur Delahoy knocks him out in round six. And so, anyway, but because of his performance, it comes up to round seven. I'm sorry, two, round seven. It comes up to 2007. And uh, Mayorga's uh, performance and all his trash talk and all the bullshit, he got himself a big money fight with uh, Fernando Vargas. So, um, for the vacant WBC, uh, well, it's like a continental Not a uh, championship. Mexican American. Uh, but this is my favourite quote that I've ever heard anyone say in a pre-fight build-up. After I kill Vargas, I will volunteer to be the stepdad to Vargas's kids. <laughs> that is harsh. It's so going good. on about quotes, I mean, I don't know, you're going to probably go into this later. When he, are you going to touch on his uh, MMA or his UFC? Oh, yeah. All right. But uh, anyway, this is my favourite one of the whole lot. So he's talking about Vargas and says, I'm going to give Vargas the chance to cash his last paycheck. I would like to publicly say that Fatty Vargas has always feared me. <laughs> I conceded to take this fight at 162 pounds because Fatty couldn't lose any more weight. You were you were as fat as the ass of my 11 year old son. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, love that guy. Anyway, he beats Vargas in a majority decision. You should over do it. The, You should do these quotes in like how he talks and that deep. Oh, sort of my Irish accent fucking up. And uh, anyway, so he comes into the end of his career. So this is two th- from 2008 to 2011. He has three fights against. Like, again, really, he fights Shane Mosley, loses by KO, fights a guy called uh, Michael Walker, wins that one, and then his last ever fight was against Miguel Cotto. And uh, to Cotto, he just said, really harsh. I remember that being real. <laughs> this wasn't even that bad. He just said to Cotto, I will prove to everyone that I am a man and you are a woman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that took up to 2011, and then he retired in 2011. That's it, career done. Not yet, mate. He's still and, got uh, his match against Marguerite. So, yeah, what's he doing now? And uh, didn't he used to be a boxer, what's he up to now? So uh, following his retirement from boxing, then he decided, fuck, I'm just going to bark in a career in just MMA. He recently fought, so this is just back in May of this year. He hasn't fought anybody, has he? And uh, he fought some guy called uh, Wesley Tiffer, who, again, I don't know much about MMA, but the description of the fight is so good. All right, Mallorca was kept on the ground. Uh, and oh, he would have hated that. Was able to survive round one. So Tiffer continued to grapple with Mallorca on the ground until Mallorca... Delivered a controversial illegal knee into into Tilfer's spine. <laughs> Tilfer was heard just to scream out. Mirga won by TKO after uh, Tilfer couldn't come out and answer the bell. So he won his uh, MMA match. Afterwards, the Nicaraguan Mixed Martial Arts Association declared the fight as a no contest with illegal <laughs> knee. Suspended oh, Mayorga for three months because he came in twenty pounds overweight <laughs> for the hundred sixty five pound limit. <laughs> Oh, oh, absolutely brilliant. love that guy. And uh, we mentioned this earlier in the show, but what's he doing now? Yeah, there is talk that maybe he could have a fight against Antonio Margarito oh, in that. When Villains Collide. I reckon I reckon let him come in seriously overweight and let my uh Margarita have loaded gloves. <laughs> but I wanna talk about when he went into that MMA, his first fight he was proposed to have was against some guy and there's a I remember seeing a brilliant press conference. It ended up being a no contest because yeah. Don King stepped in and said, <laughs> He's got a contract with me. Oh yeah yeah. And they were like, Yeah, whoever he was with in MMA, they were like, Well yeah, he's got a contract, but that's boxing. This is something else. Yeah. Don King was like, nah, not having that. <laughs> Took it to a legal court, got the fight stopped within hours before the fight <laughs> scheduled, got a ruling, got it all pulled out. But in the pre fight thing, 
Brilliant. Oh, so if, there's, if there's two individuals who are more suited to each other than Don King and Ricardo Mayorga, <laughs> right. just a, a match made in marriage Satan's, made in heaven. <laughs> Satan's playground. But, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, that's it for didn't you used to be a boxer? Well, yeah. you know, most likely uh, should have been a convicted rape, so you should probably burn the depths of hell. Outside of that, well, bit of a character. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's yeah, it we'll, for. Uh, we'll leave it on that bombshell. Please hang up and try again. Okay, so we're coming up to the uh, previews. previews, and we're going to try and keep this pretty quick. So we're going to maybe uh, skim over some of yeah. the some of the fights. We're going to mention now. Um, we'll uh, so we're uh, coming up on so Saturday the thirteenth uh, of July. This Saturday, yeah, is uh, ten rounds. Well, uh, welterweight division. Kelbrook uh, coming up against Carson Jones and a rematch, rematch of the uh, Kelbrook beat uh, Jones in majority decision uh, in July in July twenty twelve. <laughs> And uh, this time, Kelbrook stepping up in weight. I think it was a catch weight, like 150 pounds, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, so just by the uh, junior middleweight uh, limit, and um, again, Brook continuing on his unbeaten yeah. record. He's 29 wins at the moment, no losses. Yeah, I mean, still fairly young. Needs to like, I mean, like like a lot of good upcoming, like solid British fighters now. They're kind of looking for some bigger name uh, scouts to take. Mm. But uh, yeah, entering maybe slightly. We'll Uncharted see. waters. Yeah, um, stepping up and wait. We'll see how like not, um, not with this fight, but uh, for future, like as the Devin Alexander fight, which he wanted. Yeah, I know you. You were a, a, very... I was a thousand percent. I was two hundred yeah. million percent convinced that <coughs> yeah, I was... wouldn't have won. Yeah, it was, it was a big ask, but I would. I was interested. I was very interested in that fight. It'll but be anyway. interesting to see how he steps up and wait, though. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, wish him all the best. Uh, yeah. Do you want to mention a couple of other sure. so that weekend? On the same which... night, we've got uh, Tommy Coyle versus uh, Derry Matthews. L- Liverpool's. And I watched, uh, you watched uh, so, uh, this in the uh, lightweight division. And, uh, again, you watched uh, Derry Matthews a couple of... He beat, against Crawler. Yeah, he had a split decision against uh, Crawler when they fought uh, back in March. That so, was uh, a draw, wasn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, split decision draw. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Coyle. Is a professional boxer based out of Kingston upon Hull, and uh, he's got like 15 um, fights with kind of one loss. The same night, Lee Selby, so uh, Wales' own Lee Selby, fighting in the uh, featherweight uh, division, and he's the braining, uh, braining, he's the reigning British and Commonwealth uh, flyweight champion. So he's coming up against an unbeaten Romanian, Laurel Simeon. They're tough people as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> for the next couple of weeks, they're all pretty much there's so many uh, British fighters coming on. But uh, so I'll interject it for just one second and say Isa, uh, Isa Schmidt, Schmidt, Smith. That's we get sponsored by fucking yeah, Matthews. And uh, he's fighting against who did I say it was? Uh, Carlos Molina, the guy who uh, oh, yeah. Amir Khan. Yeah, yeah. Fought in his last fight, so we'll see. See how he see how he does. I like Molina. He was tough, and he was like a real. Yeah, yeah. He, but I mean, I don't think Khan took that lightly. But a lot of people assumed that was going to be a walk in the park. But, yeah, um, certainly yeah, was. It was good. He was, uh, yeah. But uh, Smith is like a uh, twenty-five wins with only uh, five losses. So um, yeah, we'll see. How that one should be interesting because I think Great they're stuff. Equal, well, I'm matched. guessing uh, we haven't given a shout out to Box Nation for a while. I'm guessing a lot of these British oh, yeah. fights are going to be on Box Nation. So uh, S- free subscriptions, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, get out there and subscribe to Box. Box Nation, and uh, for those people working at Box Nation who want to help us out with our plugs, send us free subscription. You know what I'm saying? Fantastic. Uh, Right, let's move on now. This is the big. This is the only fight I really want to kind of want to spend a bit of time because he's probably uh, my personal favourite boxer out there at the moment. Del Boy, Derek Chisora. So this one is on the Saturday, the 20th of July. Fighting Malik Scott. 
very, I think, a very talented, good American heavyweight. Did he have, like, three years out or something? Manic Scott. Mm. I'm sure he did. Like, he, basically, he's been in boxing since, like, 2001. And um, he had about three... From about 2008, I think, to, like, 2012, he was out with, like, a bicep injury. And this Actually, is, no, yeah. like, well, his uh, comeback. I don't but, know. Um, I, I wasn't aware of that. I know that yeah. he is... Um, he's one of these fighters who hasn't fought... I don't think he's fought anybody of Chisora's... Calibre. Calibre? Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of good... He's got a... Has he got a perfect record, or has he got a draw? One or, draw. So one 30, draw. Uh, Manic is 35 wins <clears throat> with a... Yeah, just a one draw, no loss. And again, like, um, he hasn't fought... He hasn't particularly fought the top-level people. I don't think he's ever fought anybody like Chisora. And if you were to look at the records, you know, it'd be easy for Manic Scott to look at Chisora, take him uh, far too lightly. Yeah. Considering some of the people he's fought, but I've I've looked at some of Malik Scott's uh, fights and very impressed. You know, he's he's a he's a very smart boxer for mm-hmm. a heavyweight. Stays on the outside, got a great jab. You know, a, a slick slick boxer. He'd like a real good amateur career. He's almost yeah, going yeah, to yeah. Um, the Olympics and lost in like a box off they have just before going in. You know, the Olympics in I don't know, whenever it was, like sometime during the nineties. Yeah, yeah. But I. I I, I hope he's taking Chisora lightly. I mean, I heard a quote. He came out and he said, uh, every time Chisora steps up to the plate, he's come up short and he's never fought anybody like like me. He says he's a jackass who just clowns about. Okay, i got to back you up there a little bit, man. <laughs> Chisora, for a start, fought Hellenius and he definitely beat, beat that. He fought one of the best heavyweights of recent years in Vitali and he he definitely lost. But Lasted. he lasted the full distance and looked very good. Arguably, called Vitali the most problems I've seen him have fucking since I yeah. can remember. Maybe since Lennox for him. But no, personally, I think if Malik Scott, it depends how I think he could be in for a shot, but I think it's a real, real close fight. And really my, my heart goes with Del Boy, and I think he's going to. You know, it should be it should be interesting. Mallet's quite tall. He's rangy. He's well, he might have good to check out the odds jab. now and maybe put a couple of pounds on him and see. I how he think did. so because I don't think Mallet's ever fought anybody like. You know, I watched a couple of his recent fights and he fights guys and he looks very good doing it. But mm-hmm. these guys, they don't have the best head movement. Yeah. They don't have the best. They kind of plod forward. And Mallet's got, as I said, a brilliant jab, and he's able to. Um, Use it very well for a heavyweight and dominate. And he's clever. He steps back. He doesn't get engaged. Very, very uh, professional. But I just, I just think Chisora. I fancy him to get in there, really muscle him in, you good. know, cut off a ring and uh, cause him, cause him some problems. I'd say the um, the last uh, couple of fights again involving uh, British fighters. So on uh, Saturday, the again the twentieth of July, this one in the junior featherweight division. It's Carl Frampton yeah. versus Fabian. I guess everyone probably knows this, but Carl Frampton is managed by uh, Barry McGuigan, former uh, Irish yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the guys fighting Orozco is Argentinian, fought uh, 20 fights. It was only had like three losses and a couple of draws. So um, again, that one should be a good one. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. That about wraps it up. Just leaves us enough time to uh, give out... Some contact details quickly. Also, I just want to give a quick little shout out to. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing if you're into boxing, and uh, you're probably going to know about these guys anyway. But a big uh, favourite of mine, I film London. Um, <clears throat> they get lots of great interviews with British boxers. Um, 
with people like Chisora and David Hay mm. and George Groves and people. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, very good. Type type them into YouTube just or, I, or film. I, I Film London. Yeah. Yeah, just type it into Google and it'll come up with it. But, yeah, we'll just quickly give out our contact details. If you've got any questions for um, Roberto or for us on any of the topics oh. or... You want to throw us out some... Recommend, uh, didn't you used to be a boxer? Yeah, yeah, throw out a, a favourite for that. Or if you've um, found some more interesting pictures of Oscar De La Hoya in underwear, <laughs> women's underwear that you want if to send through... you've done cocaine <laughs> Oscar De La Hoya, Yeah, and you've made him dress up like a bit of a twat, then uh, let us know. Um, yeah, or if uh, or if you've found out any more stories about value of hunting the Yeti, which we haven't <laughs> got onto, yeah. Um, so get in contact. We've got a Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com stroke uh, or slash groups slash punch drunk boxing. Um, we've got a Twitter feed, which is twitter.com stroke punch drunk pod. Um, we're now up on iTunes. Uh, tell your mates if you've enjoyed the show. Tell them to subscribe in. We're set up. We're on Podbean now. So if you type in Punch Drunk Boxing into Podbeam, we've got a little yeah. uh, website there. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, hopefully hear from you guys. So uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Back in a couple of weeks' time. Right. Peace. Peace.